0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigavon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm good. I want to wish you a happy anniversary. Uh Great. <laughs> just to let our listeners know this is the seventh anniversary of uh Nez and i uh being on the air on zoomer radio in what i call the second incarnation of the nes and wally sports hour i think we had about a 40-year hiatus nas so uh it's been seven years i can't believe it's gone it's gone by that quickly and uh the way things are going on in the sports media business, we'd, we'd be considered senior citizens today, literally and figuratively. Uh, so uh, it's been a great run for seven years. Uh, we've got a, a fantastic show today. Uh, we'll get a little bit of time at the back end of the show. Maybe we'll talk about some of the highlights of our seven years on the air. But uh, not so sure how much time we're going to have. Nas, uh, shortly we're going to be talking to what I call the what I call what I believe. Is the greatest coach in sports history, or pretty close top top three for no question, Scotty Bowman. But we're going to be doing something a little bit different with Scotty this morning. Uh, we're going to talk about sports cards and memorabilia. Uh, I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, there's this fantastic show on, on YouTube called Hockey Time Machine, Laura Evans and Paul Patsku. Um they did a did a did a show on hockey, sports cards, and memorabilia last week and had Scotty Bowman on it and uh I thought it was interesting interesting enough we should get Scotty on our show to talk about it. Um so we look thrilled to scroll thrilled to Scott talk to Scotty about that. We'll have John Amandola join us on that conversation. John, of course, is the owner of sport of Mintink, Inc., and he's riding the sports card boom right now. Bottom end of the hour last week, uh we uh, tried to connect with Brian Burke, we weren't able to, but Brian graciously has agreed to come on this morning, and uh, we'll be talking to the current president of hockey operations for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Brian Burke. Naz, uh, Leafs last night, we've got a couple of minutes before we go to Scotty, uh, Leafs last night uh, uh, didn't look didn't look that great, uh, uh, down 3-1. to one. And then uh, they uh, they pulled out the victory, uh, got a few bounces to to, to make it work, uh, but uh, made it happen. Those are the types of games you have to win if you if you uh, if you want if you want to go far in the playoffs. Uh, Naz, your uh, your thoughts on last night's game, or if you want thoughts on our seventh anniversary, your choice.
2: Happy anniversary to you too, Wally. Thank um, you, Belize. Uh, Played pretty well, I thought, through the whole game. And uh, they outshot the Oilers. The Oilers are deadly with uh, McDavid and I shot up there. An awesome team. They're going to be tough in the playoffs. Uh, they they certainly long. are. At least they're in a dogfight now. I mean,
1: they were clear, uh, you know, about three weeks ago, they, they, they were about six, seven points clear. But now they're in a dogfight with uh, with the Jets and with the Oilers. Uh, not much is separating those three teams uh, we get the Oilers again Monday night. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nas. So that's another another big big game, and uh, you know, anytime you can take points from Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, uh and, and I, I wouldn't say that. I you mean, know, they sort of control them. McDavid's having, uh, you know, he's obviously headed to the Hall of Fame, but for lack of a better term, my Hall of Fame season. Uh, he's certainly uh, in in line for numerous awards at the end of this season, and. Uh, when uh, you know they they've been doing well against the Oilers, uh, they seem to raise their defensive game, two hundred their t- what I call their two hundred foot defensive game. Uh, Campbell made the made the big saves at the end last night when he had to. Uh, I believe he's still undefeated this season; hasn't hasn't lost the game in a while. uh, uh I think's on the uh, injury; uh, he's fighting off an injury, so. Uh, hopefully, the Leafs uh, Leafs can keep it going, and uh, you know you pull out victories where you've got to score two late ones. Uh, that's certainly uh, a confidence builder. Ness,
2: they are six, one and one against the Oilers, and they're probably playing five hundred against Ottawa. Who, who needs to figure? Right? <laughs>
1: well, you know what? Uh, as they in, in today's NHL, most nights uh, any any team can beat any other team. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's certainly a competitive league. No question about that. And I think on that note, Naz, uh, we're going to take our break. We're going to come back from the break and we're going to talk some sports cards with the, with the greatest coach, NHL coach of all time, uh, Scotty Bowman, and also with our, uh, our sports card impresario, as I call him, John Amendola. We'll be right back.
3: It was a rainy day when Pete realized we all have things we should cut back on. For me half-brother, Raul, that's ordering inflatable toys. For others, it's carbs. So Pizzaville made the extra-thin crust pizza. You get the same authentic Italian taste as our regular pizza, but with two-thirds less carbs. Because the last thing Raul wants is an inflatable waste. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian.
4: There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigobon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigobon Carly, the intelligent choice.
1: Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's
0: choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby or rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. Is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words, impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on AM 740 in Toronto, 96.7 FM, live streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're thrilled to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Uh, one of the greatest coaches of all time in sports and the NHL, of course, of course, talking about Scotty Bowman. Good morning, Scotty. How are you this morning? Oh, pretty good. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. So thanks so much for joining us. Also joining us is our uh, one of our sponsors and a sports cards expert, John Amendola. John, how are you this morning?
5: I'm great, guys. Good morning. And Mr. Bowman, an absolute pleasure to grace this phone call with you, sir.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Scotty, uh, Normally get you on here to talk about NHL and hockey, but I got uh, I, I participate in in a great great uh, uh, the great events that Paul Patsko and Laura Evans and uh, do on Hockey Time Machine. They did a great episode with you a few weeks back. We we're actually able to watch it on video. Uh, for all our listeners, if you haven't watched Hockey Time Machine, please watch it. They have a fabulous event this week. Talking with Boris Mikhailov, Alexander Yakishev, and uh, uh, the third one, uh, th- uh, and Vladislav Tretiak. Uh, You've got to watch it. It's Thursday nights at 7 o'clock on YouTube. It's where I got the idea from, Scotty, I want to give them credit. I uh, didn't realize you were such a great sports card collector. You've got a fabulous sports card collection. Uh when did you start collecting cards, Scotty? Uh, it would be early,
6: early '80s. Uh, not quite 40 years ago. My wife's from Southern Illinois, and her, her brother's family has a boy that got got us started. That was in a small little town, and he was into baseball cards. So, <laughs> I my my two boys were just you know one one was about 10 years old, the other was about eight. Or seven, and we
3: we we visited
6: every summer. So we visited card shops with these boys. Uh, with with the other boy, he was about fifteen. So we we started to collect baseball cards. And then that that fall, I got home and I said, you know, I know some hockey players.
7: <laughs> looking, they're,
4: always looking for
6: they're always looking for rookie cards. So I think at that time, I'm not sure. It was either you might know. I'm sure John would know. It Was either Mark Messier or Cam Neely? One of those two, I think. They they uh, was tops and Opeachy, but uh, I, uh, you have to correct me if I'm. One was 132 uh, players, and I think the other one was 164. Is that about right?
5: Usually, yeah. There, there was there was always a few extra one way or the other, and there's all kinds of different reasons. And I was listening yeah. to your chat there, and uh, yeah. yeah, the the Opeche was always less cards and only printed in Canada.
6: Oh, oh, okay. Because that's
5: that's why there's so much more value. I was hearing you talk about it in your in your yeah. in the in the podcast. I think,
6: I, I think it was Mark Messier's card. I'm not sure. I could be wrong, but because uh, he had just come out of the World Hockey, and uh, and you know they didn't recognize him where, wherever his card was, and it wasn't printed in both. That was the thing. You know, there's, when there's some of the, the odd one that slipped through a good rookie
4: so
5: yeah that's we went did. in one and not the other and that was a great time to start collecting like the early yeah. 80s into the 80s wow yeah. yeah
6: and then and then I started going for vending case cases okay so I, I was living in Buffalo and I would drive over to Fort Erie I don't know I got hooked on it I got I'd drive over to Fort Erie <laughs> and it was a little store uh, and I'd buy oh it would be like 500 cards maybe in yeah a vending 500 box.
5: cards in a vending box yep
6: and and uh I think um, uh, you, you may correct me. Uh, you'd get at least twenty-eight or thirty of every
5: player. See, All get over the place, mixed up. They, they're still available today. Like I come across these. Beefs, oh, and right. what, what it was for the people that don't know is, instead of buying a box of cards and opening packs, you yeah. would get a card, a box Listen. of cards with already cards already open and cut. And I have those cases still. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Well, uh, and I haven't gone through them. And uh, like in later on years, like there was uh, Brett Hull. Uh, Some of the better players that developed, you know, uh, I don't know how I I haven't spent enough time lately because my boys are now married and they live. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure some of the cards should be theirs, but they don't seem to get they're not involved now. Ah. You know, but I I have all the cards, but I I don't I just look at them and uh, I got boxes of those. And then I then we got into the baseball and, uh, we, because the baseball was what my, uh, my, uh, nephew was doing, we got really into the baseball cards and, uh, and, and then a few basketball, not very much. And then we, that was, then my boys and I, we started to collect football, but that was a flop. The, you remember the pro set?
5: Pro yeah. Set? Early, and, early 90s during the junk wax era. Yeah. There's still, now the, the, People chasing Belichick rookie cards in those uh, in those boxes. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, he's not nothing, nothing big, not big money or anything no. because they were so overproduced. But it's still, you know, Bill Belichick the football is, you know, like Scotty Bowman yeah. the hockey. So it's one of those things, right? Well, yeah. talking
1: talking about Scotty Bowman to hockey, I, I've got I've got to interject here, gentlemen. Uh, Scotty Bowman has a rookie card. It's a nineteen seventy four. Uh, tops of peachy, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Scotty, uh, okay. it's the coach's card. Uh, you've got quite a few of them, Scotty. From what I understand, you've got like 300 peachies and 200. I got, yeah, I 200. got 300.
6: Uh, I got I got 300 peachy and about 200 uh, tops.
5: And get, uh,
1: John, what what are they worth? I don't
5: know, I, they're I, not... not well, anywhere from, you know, 50 and up, a PSA 8 or 9 is going to run you 800, 900. I'm, I'm looking at them right now. If I would have known you, I bought one, because I was like, what? I'm going to talk about, you know, getting on here chatting with Mr. Bowman for a oh. while. I've got to have one of these. Had I known you had a 500, I would have just asked you to mail me one. <laughs> oh,
6: yeah. I, I brought I brought 10 of my... Uh, I was supposed to do... Uh, uh, who is it? Somebody asked me... I was going to do something with when the pandemic was on. Uh, there was a lady in Toronto called me. She's uh, like a representative, and she wanted to do video, uh, Zoom calls with uh, some some uh, like business people. And uh, she wa- she wanted to know. Uh, I guess she was going to charge them so much to have an interview. And I was going to send them a card. I brought okay. I brought about ten of them down uh, down to Sarasota because I'm going home in in another two weeks uh, back to Buffalo. So so but no, I have those cards and uh, I I didn't I used to look at the Beckett and I got quite a kick about maybe oh must be fifteen years ago I, I passed I I passed Don Cherry and I, I used to get him I I called him I said Don my cards worth 55 dollars. Yours was 50, but his was always <laughs> more than mine. You know, his, his, he had a value. I think it was around the same time, because, you know, he, that's when he coached the Bruins, remember?
5: Yeah, and, he, was, uh, he had your coaching record, too, but, you know.
6: Um, we had, we had fun, but no, so awesome. I, I didn't know that. And my, we, when kids would come around my house for when we had the Stanley Cup and friends of the family, I, I used to give them Pro Set boxes because we. Yeah. My wife, my wife said, "Get get rid of some of these cards because there, there's so many boxes of them." But I still have some Pro Set, so I'm glad you told me about that. But but I, I got to get organized. This summer I'm I'm going to spend uh, my uh, extra time. Is there a card show in Toronto? In in. Uh, May or June or
5: something. Well, it's right now. There, you know, you, you're a smart guy because you remember that that card show in Toronto is still one of the biggest in the in on the continent. But with with the pandemic right now, everything has been, um, oh, you know, postponed geez. or canceled. But oh, yeah, I mean there's I a, thought... lot of, a lot a yeah. lot you can do. And and virtually, if you ever get organized, yeah. I mean, that's a great conversation we could have. I heard you yeah. talking about sandy koufax cards and you made a comment i had a laugh scotty you said oh i got a few michael Jordans." Uh,
6: yeah i got michael jordan and uh gretzky lemieux and uh, uh the magic uh you got the I magic got a good basketball card i think i'm not sure it's got the three of them on it
5: yeah yeah that's about a hundred thousand psa 10 right now oh my goodness
6: here oh, well, i gotta sandy get koufax. i have to get some of these
5: graded because I can. We can. Yeah, we can. We can definitely help you with that. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know how
6: you do it because they told me that you had to send them to California. This of a couple of years ago, and I didn't want to take a chance on sending a card. I mean, what happens if it's lost? You know. Well, it's,
5: it's, <laughs> this, this is a common thing. But there's like insurance and everything else, in this day, I mean, really, the postal system is has come. But um, oh. this may convince you. The uh, PSA nine of the of the the Bird Magic Card sold. The last one sold for eighty two thousand. Um And your Sandy Koufax, which is beautiful. Now you're going back to the fifties. A PSA eight is going to get anywhere from about twenty to thirty thousand. A couple of them hit as high as fifty thousand. Oh my goodness. Same thing when you oh. get into. You made a comment there about, and you know, and it's true. You know, you started collecting in the early 80s, and especially hockey, and, and hockey's a, a sport that, that's actually seeing some big lifts right now, but think about some of those names you mentioned in the 80s. Like you, You're talking about a, a couple of dozen Hall of Famers and that entered the league over just a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. It's an unbelievable time uh, and, and the rarity and the scarcity of a lot of those cards, especially if they're in good condition, especially the Opeche cards, because they were only really available or printed anyway, um, Ontario and Quebec. So they would really be an East Coast thing until later in the 80s, uh, you know, production. Yeah. Um, there, there's a ton of value. I was reading something yesterday. Barry Bonds, 87 top is a is a very common card the Opeachy version of that car. Now baseball Opeachy, even more of a short print is absolutely exploding right now because that's what people are after today, Scotty. It's the rarity and then if you can get this vintage stuff in good condition, forget it. It's the what, modern What about, of what today. about
6: the uh, my 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 brother who my my late brother lived in London, Ontario and uh, he he used to bring me over those full sheets yeah, be, they'd be players about 85, 86. You know, the, the uncut sheet.
5: Yeah, uncut sheet. And some of those are big. Again, same thing. You know, you'll see some of the odd time a sheet will come and you'll be staring in the middle of the yeah. sheet and it's the Gretzky rookie. Like, there are yeah, yeah, some I got, collectors out right the there. An uncut, uncut shoot, uncut sheets. Yeah. I mean, yep. A uh, people... Yeah, John yeah. Scotty,
1: uh, I, I got an idea for a great new show uh, on on Zoomer Radio. We'll call it the John and Scotty Show. We'll talk <laughs> sports cards. Uh, no, it's no, a, fabulous, I, I, you guys a fabulously interesting conversation, guys. I, I'm just I'm like a kid in a candy store
5: listening yeah. to you guys. Scotty, uh, we're going to meet you're in uh, Buffalo Wally, the largest card store in the world. Dave and Adams is. Two hours down the road, maybe when this is all over, that's where we we'll got to go. we gotta make the
1: pilgrimage. Yeah, uh, we'll I want to get Nas involved, there. Naz, I'm sure you've got uh, you've got a question for Scotty or uh, or oh, yeah, uh, something that's sure. on your mind,
2: Nas. Well, Scotty, you didn't mention you had two Bobby Orr cards. I wonder what those are worth. Uh, mm-hmm. One is it, one looks pretty good.
6: One was rated. Um, I don't know how I got it, but there's a uh, one was in the 70s. But one says uh, on the, there's a thing at the top. It's it said. He, I think it said it's a seven, but it doesn't Ooh. say. T- yeah, Let's
5: put the grandkids in school, Scotty.
6: Well, I, <laughs> I I kept all those cards, so I got two Bobby and one Nolan Ryan card. I think his was pretty. Oh,
5: I can only imagine the cards you have, sir. I would be willing to get a vaccine and a microscope to come see you if that's what it takes, John. Yeah. John, well, we got to. I got to keep uh, in
6: touch with you guys because uh, when I get back settled and if this thing. But the border is still closed. But when the border opens, that's going to be my project.
5: It's yeah, hard. we'll make it happen. We'd
6: love
1: to help you out, okay. John. Okay. Let me ask you a question, Scotty. Raised on on uh, the other on the hockey time machine that I was referencing is uh, in the old days they used to say if you put the player's autograph on the card, it devalued the card. And yeah, you know, that's, Scott,
7: that's
1: a good. Yeah, I know, Scotty, So-so. you you had you raised that question, John. In 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 today's world. Yeah. Uh, if you get the actual player to sign the card, does that increase the value of the card, decrease it? And it, it, it increases actually, it or decreases it, actually it by decreases, how much?
5: It, 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 it's hard to really place an amount on it. Basically, um, you know, the days of. of of, of the, that super fan or just being a hardcore fan and wanting that card signed by your childhood hero is, is from a, from a nostalgia point of view, from a collectible point of view, is still sort of the thing. Um, you know, we do a lot with, with Carlo Colejacobo and we have people every week that want card signed. However, in the game, and from a monetary point of view, the, the autographs that are worth the big money are now autographs that are um, uh, verified by the manufacturer and now numbered. So you heard about this Luca Doncic card that sells for $4 million. Well, there's only one of them. And it has a, a piece of his jersey from a big game. And it's authentic autograph. So it's all about the authentication, and it's all about the numbering and the limiting of of these cards and the print runs with the autos and the patches.
6: i got to comment on that because I want to tell you. uh, Sandy Koufax is still living, and Sandy Koufax does not sign. Like, this is what it was told by. I don't know him at all. I never met him. But his best friend, his best friend growing up with the Dodgers, was not a great player, but they he, they're still very close. They play golf together. He rents in our building, and I got to know him a lot. His name is Dick Trzuszkiewicz. He okay. was the he is a, is a, a coach with a uh, with Sparky Anderson. He was a coach with the Tigers in '84 when they won the when they won the World Series uh, with uh, um, yeah, with the World Series, not the Tigers. He's been he's been with Sparky uh, uh, with uh, with the Tigers at his. One of his best friends is Sandy Kopecks, and he because he, he tells me Sandy doesn't sign anything. Like he will not, you, you won't find it. It's hard so, to get anything signed. But he said, you know, if would you, you want to get him to sign it, he said, I'm sure he'd do it for me, you know. But so I never.
5: So stuff like that, you, you actually now now we're going back vintage. Absolutely, that's a different. And if you got a guy now, you wouldn't get your rookie card signed. But if you had a, a card signed, you would still send that away, and the grading companies would act. Authenticate the auto, so you see a lot of fraud. Let's say, for example, with Trotsky's yeah. autograph, you, pic- you have to
6: get a picture taken with. They, it they, yeah,
5: or, or like I said, Scotty, just like the condition of the car. There's like perfect- they'll do their handwriting analysis, yeah. and they will actually say yes. So you got a, a Honus Wagner auto back from from the twenties. And you oh, send it into these companies, and you'll get it back in a slab. Forget about they won't. They won't grade the condition. They'll just grade John, saying yes, this is an authentic autograph. Yeah,
1: John, yeah. John, let me ask you this question because I'm sure a lot of a lot of collectors with with valuable cards. You know, you, you know, it doesn't take much nowadays if you've been collecting cards since the 50s, 60s, or whatever to have a card that's worth 20. You know, 50, absolutely hundred thousand dollars, and they don't have to be mints to be worth that kind of dough. Uh, you got to get these things created. As a collector, and I know Scotty raised this concern as well. Uh, I'd be concerned putting a fifty thousand dollar card or a hundred thousand yeah. dollar card and sending it out of my possession to get
5: graded. Yeah. Is that a concern at all? So, I mean, everybody. This is a very common question, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we did a, a a Lionel Messi rookie card for a client a couple of weeks ago, and he was very much concerned. This is a thirty thousand dollar card, and uh you know it's insured, and it's you're using Federal Express. And at the end of the day, all I can say is millions of cards are transacting, mi- million dollar cards are moving around. Now you can get on a plane and and go and and walk right through the place. You can you can pay for a same day. So a guy like Scotty with the cards like that, I mean, yeah, Scotty, we're just gonna jump on a plane one day, me and you, with a briefcase, and we're gonna go have a nice day <laughs> in L.A. Like, but it's one of those things. I mean, you gotta just trust you exactly. gotta trust the process, and and that's what insurance is for, and yeah. and really. It, from a value point of view, you're looking at way too much money to not take the chance in a lot of these cases. Like, John, John you know. I, I'm, I'm
1: sorry, I've got to interrupt.
5: I apologize. Okay. Uh,
1: Scotty's on a
5: is on a is on
1: a quick. Uh, he, yeah. You know we've got to, we've got to let yeah. him go. He's got other things to get to, and we want to respect that. Scotty, before I let you go, I just yeah. got to ask you this. You know, um, uh, we've now lost Bob Plager, and there's no no uh, the Plager yeah. brothers are no longer around. You are such a big part of the St. Louis Blues, there was one one incident or episode that i got to ask you about. Huh. On March 1st, 1969, you put out all three Plager brothers all in the same line on the forward line in a game against the Montreal Canadiens with Al Arbor and Doug Harvey on defense. How would you come to the idea you <laughs> wanted to put all three Plager brothers out <laughs> at the same time? I think it was in Montreal, too. Yeah, that's sure correct, that. yes. But no,
6: I well, Billy. Billy was a right hand shot. He only had a couple hundred games in the league. But Barkley, I, I like to carry the puck, so I put him at center, and Bob, I put on left wing. And I don't, I don't, I don't know the reason I, why I did it because uh, it was more for nostalgia, I think. But the, the three of them want like that's the first time they would never play together because they're all defensemen and uh we did have them on the team at the same time but we didn't never played they could you know bob bob very seldom played with barkley because barkley played with al Arbor, and al was training him as a good really good hockey player al was a solid defenseman and bob Plager played with noel picard and uh we had we had probably as tough a defense as you ever had in the league and Especially the two players, the two players, like they, they just wanted to fight all the time. But they, had to co- they even fought in junior, as you know that. But uh, they fought. Uh, Bob played in golf, and Barkley played for me in Peterborough, and they had a fight in Peterborough one night uh, <laughs> in the game. And Bob, Bob was sixteen, and and Barkley was eighteen. And uh, I used to go to a little. It uh, was a snack bar right beside the the, the Pete's Arena. And that's the players used to congregate, especially ones that had known each other. And I went in there after the game, and would you believe they're sitting together, both of them eating a hamburger? And I, I just went over to them because I used to kid them all the time. And I said, "I know you guys. You staged that fight, you know." And they did not, though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a tragic loss for people in St. Louis and the family. And he was a wonderful man. He had he was a, a true St. Louis blue, you know. Yeah. And stayed there from the time they we drafted him in 67 never left uh, St. Louis you know and one of the few uh, players that ever did that you know
1: anyways john uh we want to let you go thank you for joining Amazing. us today hey, uh we'd you, love to spend we'd love to chat so, for a lot longer but we want to respect uh yeah, to can respect you guys your can you schedule. send
6: me an email again I, in case i I, will. I want I wanted to get a hold of uh, John later on. If you could put his
5: uh, all available, Scotty, an absolute honor to spend the last 20 minutes with you, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks, John. Bye. Have a great day, guys. Scotty Bowman, thank you, John. Uh, Go to break.
1: We'll be right back with the president of hockey operations for the Pittsburgh, I was about to say, Steelers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Brian Burke.
3: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the medium gourmet pizza special. Get a medium gourmet pizza for just 13 99 That's like flying first class when you only paid economy. You're up front, sipping champagne and stretching out in your luxuriously wide berth. Instead of having somebody kick the back of your seat, then the guy in front of you decides to recline his seat. Pizzaville. Stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Here's to every boy
0: who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. Is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walk-through floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? realspacemedia.ca Got a space to showcase? Check out real space. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome
1: back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigobon. Also joining me, as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. And joining us this morning, uh, the president of the hockey operations for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Brian Burke. Good morning, Brian. How are you this morning. I'm uh, doing well. Morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Brian. Uh, you're now you're now in Pittsburgh. Uh, you've been there uh, since February, and uh, team seems to be doing very well. A great victory yesterday against the hot New York Islanders team. So, uh, uh, congratulations on uh, on the early returns, Brian. What uh, uh, what? Uh, how, how obviously the Penguins are doing better. Seem to be doing better. What's uh, bring us up to speed on uh, on the on the
5: team?
7: Well, first off, thanks for having me on. There's there's been a lot made of since Ron Hextall and I came in. The team's record is pretty impressive, and a lot's been made of that. And we've been given credit for that. And as I said on TV here last week, if I were lacing up my skates, I'm not that. Excuse me, I'm not that old, but I don't remember being a player. If I were lacing up my skates, and I heard a GM or an assistant GM or a president of hockey operations take credit for one point, let alone a bunch of points. I'd be sour. So I don't think it has anything to do with us coming in. Uh, What's happened is we've gotten, I think it's three things. We were really banged up on defense before we got here. And then we got Dumont back and we got a couple other guys back. That made a big difference. Brian Dumont from Boston College, obviously. And then the second has been the goaltending has been terrific. And then the third is, uh, we were a two-line team until Malkin got hurt a couple weeks ago. We were rolling line and scoring a lot of goals from not just Sidney Crosby's line. So I think it was those three factors, and uh, now we're banged up again kind at of forward. We had, we played last night without five of our top nine forwards.
2: Brian, Ryan, uh, did you think the Penguins' uh, team was as good as it is right now when you went over there at the beginning? Um.
7: You know what? You don't know your team until you know your team. And that sounds stupid, but I think hockey people who are listening would, would nod. Because if you'd asked me in December to describe the Pittsburgh Penguins, I would have given you a thumbnail sketch of this player or that player. And it would have been fairly accurate. But once you get to work with a team and you watch the guys practice every day, you watch every minute of every game, you interact with them, you watch how they act, how they act in the gym, and you get a different appreciation for the team. So, no, I would not. I, I, I did not think the team was as good as as the group is. And they and they work
1: like dogs. This team works. Uh, we're talking to Brian Burke. Brian, um, we're in a COVID world, um, which creates challenges, uh, cross border challenges. Um, we've got a trading deadline coming up. Uh, is the uh, is the Border issue going to create any difference in the uh, in what's going to happen um, trading deadline wise? Is it going to reduce activity, increase activity? What are you seeing so far? Is there is there a normal amount of trade chatter? Well, I think first
7: off, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I read we got a, a document from the league two days ago, I think that said uh, the Canadian government has agreed to a seven-day seven day quarantine. Days.
1: That's correct. The, correct, right.
7: Yeah, the players have been tested every day, and I think they
1: have to arrive by
7: a private aircraft. I think They have to be chartered in. Um, so, no, I don't think that will deter anyone. It'll make them speed it up, obviously. The trade deadline is the 12th, and if you want the guy to play for you, you'd probably want to get him before that, so it might speed things up a little bit. I think human nature is human nature. I think teams that think they're close are going to add. I, I, I think there'll be a, not, as, not a, a ton of activity, but a lot of activity, so I think Um, To quantify, I don't think it would be one of the busiest deadlines ever, but human nature is human nature. And and one thing's changed, too, guys, since I came into the league. When I became a GM back in 1992, you would only make a big deadline move if you thought you had a chance to win it. And now guys are making deadline moves just to get into the playoffs because the math is so daunting now, 16 out of 32 when Seattle comes in. And if you miss the playoffs now, you can miss for five, six, seven years. It's not
2: unheard of, so
7: it's very different.
2: Ryan, fighting is up in the NHL. Do you think it'll continue during the playoffs?
7: God, I hope so. <laughs> uh, I
2: mean, I, I, would... think, I think what's
7: happened is, and we all predicted this, I think the teams are, you play each other that many times. It's like the old six-team NHL, when, you know, they play each other ten times. And you play each other that many times, and it's the same in the playoffs, except in the playoffs, the stakes are so high that you can't punch a guy in the head or retaliate. So you just take a number and wait. Here you've had teams playing each other repeatedly, and and they're getting on each other's nerves. That's what happens with hockey players. Uh, It doesn't bother me at all. I don't want to go back to the old days. I'm not a dinosaur. But uh, I don't mind seeing a fight here and there. It's great.
1: Some of the words in uh, – by the way, I want, to, we're gonna, I want to chat a little bit about your book, Brian. Uh, it was actually a Christmas gift to me from my son, so I have your book. It didn't even have to pay for it. It was given to me as a gift. But some of the words that, uh, uh, that you've been associated with over time, truculence, toughness, belligerence, testosterone. What is the future of truculence, toughness, belligerence, and testosterone in the NHL in, uh, in the future? Well, so we're seeing, as Naz mentioned, we're seeing a nice
7: little uptick right now that, that, that these things are still important. And and I, you know, from my perspective, we won a cup in Anaheim. We fought a lot. I think we led the league in fighting majors. And I don't yearn for those days. The game has progressed past that point, and we're not going to have that many fightings down to, I think you have to go to four, four leaf games to see one fight. I think on average is about the fighting averages in the league. So if we're, if we're selling the game with fighting, we're doing a pretty poor job of it. But I do think the accountability part of fighting is still, is still cool. Like you run a goalie, you're probably going to have to fight somebody. You run a star player, you're probably going to have to fight somebody. I love that. I love that we don't just look to the referee to enforce the rules. So and I hope there's always a place for fighting. I fear there won't be someday because there's a lot, of, a lot of activists that hate it. And uh, we'll see what happens
2: that's Brian. A lot of injuries going to go in the previous years. It wasn't as strong. What is causing that? Well, uh, I I don't,
7: I think it's the compressed schedule is resulting in increased injuries at every position. Like we're, like I said, we last night we played without five of our top nine forwards. And if you include Mark Jankowski, who's out for COVID protocol, uh, Ten, uh, six of our top ten. So I mean, it's 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 crazy. We're playing every other night, and we're not. We have a day off every week like we typically do. But their teams playing fifteen games in thirty days. That's much more compression than we normally face in the schedule. And so I think the wear and tear on the players is is extreme, and we have more injuries. And I'll be curious what the injury data shows at the end of the season. But my guess is you'll see a significant. Increase in man games lost. That's my guess. Um, but with the goaltenders, I think you know, the goal seems to be getting hit a lot too. That's uh, that's a
1: factor in our games.
7: Our to have been hit a lot the last few games.
1: Ryan, the book is called Burke's Law: A Life in Hockey. It's uh, it's uh, with you and Stephen Brunt. Stephen, we had on the show earlier on the year. Happens to be my favorite heads and shoulders. My favorite hockey writer, or sports writer for that matter. Uh, Tell us about uh, how the project originated, why the book, and uh, your relationship and uh, your work with Stephen Brunt.
7: Well, I worked with Stephen at Sportsnet, but I had uh, asked him about doing the book before I took the position with Sportsnet. I had talked to him about doing a book. In fact, we discussed doing a book back in 07 after we won the Cup in Anaheim, and I felt that was premature. Uh, What happened was, the deal I made with the Calgary Flames was that at the end of any season, they had the right to walk away from the deal, and I had the right to walk away from the deal. So we had a written contract, but then it was just kind of extended and uh, every year, so in 18, uh, the late, great um, Ken King called me in and said, uh, we're going to make a change at the end of the season. We think Brad Sullivan can function without your help, and they were right, and So I was moving on, and that that was in February. And we made the playoffs that year, so I had March, April, and uh, the rest of February, March, and April, and, and not much to do. So I started working on an outline for the book. And I did 100 pages, single spaced, and uh, and then I gave it to Stephen who said, "This is garbage." He said, "I'll use it as the outline for the book." But you don't write you write like a lawyer, which is I am a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Stephen, I told Stephen I wanted people to feel like they were standing next to me, and I think he did a
1: marvelous job of doing just that. Well, he, he certainly did do a marvelous job. I just I want to follow up, Naz, I want to beg your forgiveness to uh, so I can follow up with Brian. The title of the book is Burke's Law. Uh, Is there a Burke's Law, or how did... Burke's Law, sorry. Is there a Burke's Law, or uh, how did the title come about? Uh,
7: It's the name of an old television show, actually, in the the 60s. Whoa. That was... uh, We we thought we'd we'd purloin the name of an old TV show and then tie it to my legal background. This is Stephen Brunt's idea. I'm not big on picking titles or cover... I never saw the picture on the cover till they picked it. So I, that was Stephen's choice, and I think it's a perfect one.
2: Yeah, it certainly is. Ness? Brian, do you miss the media side now that you're um, back running a team?
7: Um, I miss some of the people. I, the, you, when you work for Rogers Sportsnet and you work for Hockey Night in Canada, I really enjoyed the people I worked for, and I really enjoyed the people I worked with. And that's a description of a great job. If you like the people, your your bosses and the, your coworkers, that's a great job. So yeah, I miss those guys. I miss Elliot. I miss Kevin BX. I miss David Amber. So yeah, I miss some of the people around the media side of it. But I, I much prefer being on the team side, frankly. And I was, I was, you know, out. It's like the Godfather. I was out, and they pulled me back in. I was gonna, <laughs> I was just gonna do the media. I loved it. I loved working for Sportsnet. I just signed a contract extension. I did turn down two years ago. I turned down a team that offered me this position. But uh, Pittsburgh, just there's too many boxes to check. You know, the winning tradition, ownership,
1: great sports
7: town, great fans. I just had to take this job.
1: Uh, Brian, you've always been, uh, you know, business side of things has always been um, important to you. Um, It's obviously important when you're in a business. The NHL has a new broadcasting contract with ESPN. Uh, there's been significant challenges to the business in a lot of franchises. Impact on revenues. Uh, tell us uh, what are the challenges and how are they going to be overcome in the future? And how much, how important is ESPN to uh, to the NHL's business model on a go forward basis? Well, ESPN is a giant, giant entity in
7: the U.S. I don't know if a lot of a lot of Canadians that don't travel to the U.S. probably don't realize that it's you know part of basic cable in every major city. It's typically you have a bundle that includes ESPN, two ESPN News, ESPNU, which is the university uh, channel. It's a giant entity, and they're a great partner. They did a great job with hockey. The last time they carried hockey. Uh, There's a second part of the contract that has to be of the package that has yet to be sold. So it's good news for the NHL. It's a time when revenues have completely dried up uh, on the ticket side and the uh, hospitality side suites. Ticket revenue. Now, fans are being allowed back in. But, for example, we're only allowed to have a tiny fraction of our fans in our building. So we're we're generating some revenue, but it's a fraction of what it was. The teams have taken an awful hit going back to last March. So I think the, what this television contract is going to do, and again, I I don't know this because I haven't been to a governor's meeting yet, but I said this on TV a month ago. Uh, the, the players are going to owe the owners a very significant sum of money, probably half a billion dollars at the end of the season because the league capped escrow on the players' salaries. And, and uh, despite the revenues being slashed by 70 or 80%, the escrow is capped at 20% this year and 16% next year. So I I don't anticipate much of this television revenue, the increase in revenue is going to flow through the players. I anticipate a flat cap continuing and and that most of that new money will go back to pay back the player's debt to the
1: owners. Brian, are we ever going to see advertising on jerseys? Uh, We're seeing advertising on helmets.
3: Um,
1: Is is that bridge going to be crossed at some point in in your opinion? Yeah, I've said this on TV
7: before I left. I, I'm, I've been fighting this since they first talked about it. And I, Some of the original six sweaters, I just can't imagine them with a patch on them. I just can't. I don't care so much about some of the newer ones. But I think it's coming. I think the, the decals on the helmet, um, and, and I supported that. When I was you know, doing television work, I said, look, I, I don't want the the uniform marketed at all. And if people don't know what the, how the extremes this can go to, go look up a Swedish elite team. Go and Google uh, Aik or one of the Swedish elite teams and look at their uniforms. I mean, it's absurd. There's, there's, there's signings all over helmet, sweater, pants, socks. It, it's ridiculous. And there's about 16 advertisements in the ice. So it's, and I, I never wanted to start down that road. And the decal on the helmet is the, you know, that's when you take the cap off the tube of toothpaste, and that's really hard to stop the toothpaste from coming out. So, yeah, I think we're going to see that. I've never been a fan of it, but now that I am back on the team side, I'll probably become one.
2: Ness? Brian, we had Scotty Bowman on to talk about his card collection. Do you have a Brian Burke card? <laughs> no.
7: You know what cracks me up? I didn't start playing hockey until I was 13. And as anyone listening knows that's very late, that's too late to, to get anywhere as a player. But I got a, I, I turned pro with the Flyers and signed with the Flyers back in nineteen seventy seven. But I was playing Division One college hockey in my sixth year of organized hockey. So people asked me, you know, like at Sportsnet, they'd be like, Well do you have an old hockey card like when you played Pee Wee? And I'm like, I didn't play Pee Wee. They're like, You didn't play Pee Wee? I'm like, No. Did you play Might, Squirt, any No. My first organized hockey was Bantam. I played in the house league. I I have a team picture somewhere of one of those teams. No, I don't. In the first two years, I have no photos, I don't think. But I do. Uh, I do the, My next year, I made the B, what they call Beltline, which is a rep team. I made the B rep team for midget. And then the next year, I played uh, on the A midget team. But uh, I don't have any hockey cards. I have very few pictures of me playing coming up the
1: system and
7: there's a reason for that. It wasn't very good, and I started pretty late.
1: Well, I think there's a great picture of you with the main Mariners in your book, isn't there, Brian? Let me, let me yeah. just go. Yeah, I think there is. Uh, it's, uh, look, yeah, you got a great picture. You were number 20. Yeah, wow. Number 20, yeah. Maine Mariners. There's probably a Maine Mariner Brian Book hockey card hanging around somewhere. Anyways, Brian, we won't keep you much longer. Uh, I think it's important. I I, I took the time to read your book. I highly encourage our listeners uh, when you read the book, you feel like you're having a conversation with Brian Brian Burke. You're a straight shooter. um, But there's something important in that book uh, I want to leave off uh, our interview with. There was the one thing that comes across in this book is your wonderful love for your family and your kids and and your wish that the memory of your precious Brendan never be forgotten. His legacy continues. His lifetime made a difference. Brian, just very quickly tell us about the great work that's being done in Brendan's memory today and in, and for the future.
7: Yeah, so it be 10 years ago this past uh, winter, Um, Brendan, uh, the 11 years coming up, I guess. And, uh, Brendan passed away in a car accident in uh, in a blizzard in Indiana. And he was, uh, he had come out, uh, as, as, um, openly gay, right. You know, just a mere matter of months before he passed away. So we're determined. Our family was determined that his legacy continues memory, not be forgotten. And so we founded you can, the You Can Play Project, which is uh, in support of LGBTQ rights, and uh, I think it's made a difference in a lot of people's lives. And Brendan continues to change lives. That's what uh, that's what he did when he was on this planet, and that's what he continues to do.
1: Brian, thank you so much for that. Uh, thank you for so much. Uh, yes, his life is still continuing to make a difference, and what more can you ask for? Thank you so much for your time, Brian. I know you're busy. We very much appreciate it, and we wish you continued and great success with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Very much appreciated. Thanks for having me on, Brian Burke. Uh, Ness, uh, I've got a public service announcement at this point in time too. Um, we've got a, a special event coming up uh, at the uh, uh, in April, uh, and just. Uh, Got a little promo I want to go to. It's it's on behalf of the World Parkinson's Program. Naz, I know this is personal for you, um, but this is the this is what we're going to be involved in. There are millions of people with Parkinson's disease living in poverty worldwide without essential medications. The World Parkinson's Program is the only registered charity providing these medications to patients in need around the world. Naz and I have been. and we feel privileged to be the Masters of Ceremony for their Fundraising Gala on Thursday, April twenty second, two 2021 at 7 p.m. Everyone listening can participate. We will have more details in upcoming weeks. You can register for free. It's the World Parkinson Program. They have a website. You can email them at events at P P as in Paul, D as in David, program.org. if you register before April 5th and attend the event on Zoom, you'll be entered into a raffle draw for a $100 Amazon gift card. There'll be all kinds of other items that will be auctioned off. Naz and I know how much this means to you. I'm thrilled to be able to be a part of this. And uh, like I said, we'll be chatting about it uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks. Naz, we've got a few few minutes left. It's our seventh anniversary. Uh, I'd like to draw upon you. Nas, if you were to distill in in uh, a couple of minutes or less uh, some of the highlights or the highlight of our seven years on the air.
2: Well, the interviewing Dave Kean for the first time was uh, a pleasure. 2014, uh, we had Study Bowman on back then, and I remember him wishing us good luck with the show. I didn't know it was going to last seven years. though.
4: So. Yeah,
1: hard to believe it's been seven years. Last Sunday in March, seven years ago, um, yeah no question uh having Dave Keon in studio which was the which was the night after his legends row induction uh was certainly uh made, you know, made all these sunday mornings worthwhile i think the other highlight is is uh, it's never been work it's always been fun um, the the gentleman that we have talked to over the years you know Dave Keon has been David Keon um I, I, I usually when I talk to him, I usually uh, you know I call him David. I don't call him you know when we grew up, he was Dave or Davey. For me, he's David. David Keon is, has been so gracious to us. You know, you talk about Scotty Bowman. These guys are legends. You know, they they are the best. His the, the, you know Scotty, the best coach of all time, uh, arguably sports and hockey for sure. Uh, teach you know te- you know converses with us. You know, takes our phone calls. Treats us with respect. Uh, David Tion, Joe Theismann, you know Brian Burke. You know, uh, man of his word. We had we had difficulty connecting with him last Sunday morning. He uh, contacted me this week and said, you know, guys, uh, we, you, you guys doing it this Sunday or what? You know, I said, yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, straight shooter. You know, he's he's got, you know, I would say, a, a, you know, reputation for brashness or whatever. man, and, but. You know, you look at some of the good work that he's done in the community and his hockey teams, you know, being a part of the community, being part of social causes is so important to him. And he takes the platform that he has and, and he does good with it. And, you know, great gentlemen like that, you know, having Roberto Betega, my hero, my Italian soccer hero, in, in studio. studio for an hour. You know, and I'm wearing my Juve, my Juve, black and white shirt. And then he signs an Italian uh, Azzurri shirt for me. I mean, like, you know, like, we've been kids in a candy store for seven years, Naz. It's been, it's been so much fun. And the other part we've of it is.
2: We've had Daryl Sidler. We've had Eddie Shack in studio. Just Tom Henke in studio for an hour. Just a great number of guests in the past. And, 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 and,
1: and, and, and what we've gotten to see is the human side uh, of, of some of these, what I call legends, uh, heroes. Um, and um, overwhelmingly, you know, most of them are just good, nice people um, and uh, have treated us well. And uh, hopefully, hopefully our, we've brought some uh interest to our listeners and gotten to see different sides of some of these uh you know uh up until two weeks ago i had no idea Scotty bowman was an avid sports card collector uh so we got we got an opportunity to chat with him this morning and we have that common bond i mean i've uh i've been able to maintain uh uh some of my sports cards from uh from when I was younger some 50s, 60s Maurice Richards I have uh, I have a Dave Keon David Keon rookie card uh now that I know it's uh it's it's uh, more valuable if I get him to sign it uh, I guess next time in Florida I'll see if I can hook up with him and uh, and get him to sign it uh
2: just got just got wonderful wonderful moments sorry this sounds like Scotty Morgan has millions in worthless cards now well, you know, but, you know, he, he's hes probably, but, you know, he's, uh, he, it's
1: its not about, you know, it's, it's, he just, he wants to see, he doesn't even know, you know, he's probably going to pass them on to his kids or his grandkids. I'm pretty sure it's not about the money. And for most sports cards, guys like us that have held them on for the fifties and sixties and seventies. And, you know, I don't have anything much from later after that, but, you know, they're, they're worth a few bucks. I don't know what they're worth, but my, uh, you know, I'd love to see, i uh, love to, sp- sp- you know, share some time with my, <laughs> with my grandson going through those cards. Uh, that would, you know, as they say in the MasterCard commercial, that would be priceless. And as we could be talking forever, once again, happy anniversary. It's been a thrill to have done this for, for seven years. I'm looking forward to doing this as long as God grants us the ability to do it and we're healthy and we can keep doing it. I know uh, you've, uh, you've faced your challenges, and uh, I have nothing but the most admiration and respect for you. And as I will do, as I always do, Naz, you have the last word.
2: Everybody have a good week.
1: Thank you so much. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thanks for
0: listening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.